0: Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust Show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the No Like, and Trust Show. I am so excited to deliver this topic today. It's all about the reasons your latest offer may have failed that have nothing to do with the quality of your offer. Before we dive into that, I want to read you this review by Donardo, 33 Brittany does an amazing job at getting concrete about how to build your personal brand. Do yourself a favor, take notes, and take action based on her expertise. Highly recommend. So first of all, obviously, thank you so much for the kind words, but in addition to that, I want to make a point that they took note. Yes, I offer a lot of concrete things you can do on this show. I dive into the nitty-gritty tactics that you can use to market your business online, but... Learning for the sake of learning, while I consider it to be kind of fun, isn't the end goal. I want you to take action so that you can market your online business and you can build the life you've been longing for. Without that action, it's not going to happen. So do that. Please listen to the show, please. But also take action. One of the things about building a personal brand online and creating a fantastic web presence that brings you perfect match clients, that funnels those clients right into your business so that you can build that successful business is taking action. With that said, I want to talk a little bit about offer failures, because as we hit the one-year pivot anniversary, you know, the anniversary of everyone suddenly dreading that word and the overuse of the Ross Pivot Friends meme, shall we say, as we hit this anniversary, it's kind of a time to take note. We've all been home for a year now. We've all had to make business changes, whether we were already online or not. Some of us have dealt with childcare issues. Some of us have dealt with unemployed spouses. I mean, there's so many things that have gone on in this year. But one of the things that has also gone on is the online learning industry is exploding. Several years back, Forbes said that the industry was going to hit $325 billion by the year 2025. And I would hazard guess here that we are going to actually fly by that number, largely in part because of the pandemic that we've all just been going through. A lot of people who weren't previously considering doing digital learning, whether that's info products, courses, group programs, even ebooks, things like that, are now considering it and have already, in some cases, put things out there. And if they weren't considering it before, and they have now done so because of the pandemic, we are going to well exceed that market rate. And there's going to be a lot more competition in the marketplace. Now, I would love to say that the increase in online learning options over this last year has meant that the quality has also increased, but that is not the case. It would be lovely for me to say that a rising tide actually raises all ships, but in this case, there's no hard rule. There's no black and white answer here. And unfortunately, there have been a lot of crappy products. Those crappy products, I think, eventually will fall by the wayside. I think with the increased competition, people who don't put out a good offer will have trouble actually delivering those offers and therefore fulfilling them, getting testimonials, deliver on the course promise, you know, whatever we're talking about, they're going to have trouble in the marketplace in a few years once people kind of catch on to these things. But in the meantime, there have been some not so great offers out there that's not what we're talking about in this episode. What we're talking about in this episode are reasons why your offer, your course, your group program, your digital info product might have failed to have nothing to do with the offer quality. Because sometimes there are other reasons your offer did not fail. Here's the reality. If all it took was guts to be successful, we wouldn't have spent the last week enjoying the train wreck of the national anthem from the CPAC convention. you guys. If you haven't seen this, go ahead, pause, hop over to YouTube and search it out because it is fantastically awful. I am tone deaf and I have no rhythm. I am not musically trained, but even I can hear how bad it is. My husband, who is an audiophile and an audio technician by training, cannot hear that without cringing. And once you finish watching that, then go ahead and find the four Canadian guys. They actually harmonize the woman. It makes it sound pretty decent, actually. They're going viral because of it, because they took that opportunity But all of that to say, it's been a very entertaining week with that whole situation. And I respect the woman for doing it. I respect her for getting the guts up and getting on stage and belting out her off-tune version of the National Anthem. But that doesn't mean she delivered a successful performance. Not successful in the way that she expected, at least. Successful at going viral for all the wrong reasons, perhaps. But she had guts. And I applaud that. I do. Anyone putting an offer out there any kind of the offers that we've been talking about here, any offers out there at all. It takes guts to step out and put something of yourself out there. I know you're doing it because you want to help people. I know you're doing it because you want to earn a great living at what you love doing. And that does take guts, but just wanting it doesn't mean that you're delivering a great product. And just wanting it doesn't mean that you've marketed it well. So before we dive into the three reasons, I want you to check in with yourself. I know the default reaction when something doesn't work, when you have a failed offer is, I mean, it sucks. I'll redo it. Or, you know, I'm not even going to do this offer. I'm going to table it and I'll just come up with a new offer and put that out there too. I know that that's the default reaction. I get it. But check in with yourself. Do you really think your course wasn't good? Do you think it was too small or too big? Maybe you weren't delivering the results you promised you were with it. If those things are things that are actually real, maybe it is something that you need to redo or table. But if you don't in your gut feel like that is the problem, then you need to listen to these three reasons because it's really easy to say, oh, it was the course's fault, not mine. And this is an ego thing here, right? If you're saying it's the course's fault, it's the course's fault. That's why the offer failed. It's the e learning product's fault. That's why the offer failed. It wasn't me. That is abstaining from responsibility. And the reality is all the things it takes to put a product out there, all of the things it takes to deliver that successful offer have something to do with you. So if you're saying, oh, it was the course's fault, just check your ego for a moment. Because if that's your default reaction here, there is a danger that you will carry the exact same problems we're going to talk about today into the next thing you do if you don't fix them. All right, that said, we are diving into our reasons. Reason number one, your offer failed to have nothing to do with the quality of your offer is that your pre-launch runway is too short or it doesn't exist at all. I've talked about this in a past episode before, but you need to have an extensive visibility plan before you launch anything out there, especially if you want to launch it organically and not put paid traffic behind it. But even if you're putting paid traffic behind it, this is something that will multiply those results if you do it properly. You need a visibility plan, you need a content strategy, and it needs to start happening more than two weeks before you decide to launch your product. Launching your offer to a very cold audience is a very different prospect than launching your offer to an audience that's been primed. So you might say, well, how do I prime them, Brittany? You have consistent content going out on a regular basis that has nothing to do with your launch. And that is the key right here. So many people out there, a lot of big name gurus, as a matter of fact, are calling it something like the pre-launch runway. I don't like that terminology at all because it implies you're only doing this because you're launching. We have all been on the receiving end of those emails. Some person you barely remember why you signed up for in the first place starts sending out a barrage of emails. One today one tomorrow to the next day. By the end of the week, you're like, uh-huh, I know what's going on. There's a sale coming up next week. They're launching a big name product. It's happening. And if you can feel that, everyone else can feel it too. We've all been on that receiving end. We know we don't like it. So why are we even considering allowing this to happen in our businesses at all? It's not a pre-launch runway it's a consistent visibility plan. So your audience already has that know, like, and trust factor with you. And when you do go ahead and launch, you don't lose credibility when you suddenly start emailing, suddenly start posting on social media. You need to have already been doing that. So this brings up the next question, right? Well, what if I'm not doing it right now, Brittany? When can I launch? Well, start doing it right now. Start exercising your visibility plan. Start putting out consistent content. Because You want to prime your audience. You want to wrap up that runway, if we're going to use the runway term. You want to make sure that you are getting your audience to where you are meeting them where they're at. And that brings us to reason number two, why your offer might have failed. Reason number two is that you're trying to sell what you know they need rather than what they think they need and definitely rather than what they want. Said another way, you need to meet them where they're at. I know I just said that, right? So I want you to think about it like this, right? Let's say you're going to launch something and it's going to teach them skill E. And you know that they're going to be way more successful at learning skill E if they've already learned skills A, B, C, and D. Now, that might be a bit daunting. You might be like, hey, I don't have the bandwidth to teach them A, B, C, and D. You don't have to, but you do have to get them to a place where they think it's possible to learn skills A, B, C, D, and ultimately E. How do you do that? Well, there's a few different ways. You put out content that gets them thinking differently about their problem. So whatever problem they have, you want them to think differently about that problem. And lightly, probably you want to teach them about skills A and B. These might be things that are so easy you don't even feel like they're skills. They're just things that you know. In fact, they're probably going to be things that you don't even think that you have to teach. But if you can teach a little bit on that, adding that great free value in your regular consistent content, then you start becoming associated with that problem solution set in your audience's mind. They already trust you because you've taught them how to get through A and B. So when you start talking about C, D, and then eventually your launch offer E, they're like, oh, you know what? I am capable of learning that. I am capable of getting there. And Brittany is the person to take me there. Brittany being your name, of course. A lot of times this comes down to a messaging issue. You know what your audience needs to hit their next level. You know this because you're the expert, because you've already learned it. You've seen what's on the other side, right? But because you already know that, you start using current terminology and current terms. And there's a significant barrier between where your audience is and where you are. And that barrier is something that you're not scaling very well in your messaging. So when we're talking about meeting your audience where you're at, yes, it's giving them some quick wins in your free content. That's skill A and skill B. But it's also making sure that any education you are doing along the way is speaking to them in their language. If there's any pre-education that needs to be done, it's an uphill battle. So you want to make sure that you're meeting them where they're at, that you're on their level as much as possible. You want to make sure that you're covering their wants. Remember, buying is an emotional decision. We might say it's all about logic, but buying is an emotional decision that we sometimes will use logic to back up, sure, but you have to make sure that you're covering their wants. What do they want to reach that next level? And then you can make sure that you're covering what you know they actually need to know. This is not a bait and switch scenario. You're not telling them that they're going to learn one thing and then teaching them another. You're telling them that they're going to learn the thing they want to learn. And then while you're doing that, you're teaching them both. You're making sure that you can deliver the results that you've promised in a way that they understand so that they can move along the path towards your level. All right. And now we're going to move on to reason three, your offer may have failed. That has nothing to do with the quality of your offer. It might be you just didn't get enough eyeballs on the offer itself. And I want to give you some concrete numbers here that I'm completely making up. So maybe they're not so concrete, but I want to give you an actual example that we can talk through in a visual way here. One, you need to know conversion rates always go backwards. You need to look at your end goal. How many of these offers do you want to sell? And then you need to figure out from there how many eyes you need to get on the offer to actually accomplish that goal. So let's talk about the Pareto principle really quickly. I'm going to gloss over this, but basically it says that in any given scenario, there's going to be three groups divided into roughly a third. So there's going to be a third of people who are just not interested, a third of people who say they're interested, but they don't take action, and then a third of people who are actually interested. So you might hear this and be like, hey, I've got a list size of 1,000. That means 333 people are going to buy my offer. Woohoo!" We're gonna go buy a new car. We're gonna put a bid on a new house. It's gonna be fantastic. Hold those horses. Let's uh, come back down to earth a little bit because what you need to understand is that principle needs to be applied at every single step of the process. So, and I am using really rough numbers here. Oh, and quick aside if you don't have a history of launching offers, you need to look at the industry standard conversion rates for the type of offer you are delivering. The numbers I am going to be using in this example, like I said, are not that concrete. They are just to walk us through this example. So that said, let's say you've got that thousand person list. And let's say you have an open rate of 33%, which, by the way, would be amazing. The averages are closer to 15 to 25% open rates. But let's just say you have a 33% open rate. That doesn't mean that all 33% of people who open your email are going to buy. It means that they're going to see the email. From there, only a third are going to click on your link to go to the offer page. So that means of that 333, we're down to, you know, about 111, right? And then from there, we are moving to people who actually make it through your entire sales page or however you are selling your offer, that they actually read the entire thing you're probably going to lose two thirds along that process too. So that 111 is now cut down to, oh, let's just go with like 40 just for rounding numbers here a little bit. I'm a little off on my math there, but that's cool. At 40, that means that let's say ooh, 13. Yeah. Let's say 13 people are actually clicking at the bottom of the sales page to your cart or your order form, whatever it happens to be. And then of those 13 people, only a third are going to actually complete the process and buy your offer. So we just went from 333 sales all the way down to about four. Those are very different numbers in case you aren't following along here. Four is not necessarily bad, right? Converting about 1% to 3% of your list on an offer is pretty normal. It's not surprising if you know that going in. And this is really where it comes down to it. So, you may think that your offer failed. You may end up with only four sales of your offer, and you might think, oh my goodness, I am a failure. This offer doesn't make sense. Nobody wants it. Nobody likes me. I'm going to go cry. And you know what? It's cool. You have every right to take a moment and have some tears. It's an emotional thing going through a launch. But if you had known those numbers, if you had known those conversion rates, before you started your launch, and then you hit four, you would have a very different outlook. You'd be like, oh my gosh, I hit exactly what I expected. This offer is great. Next time I'm so excited to scale it to people beyond my list. And then you could do that because you would have the right outlook. So the third reason you just don't have enough numbers you don't have enough eyeballs on your offer, is something that you can actually fix. You may need to spend to get better numbers. You might need to put paid traffic behind it. You might need affiliates to help with your offer. You might need to start months before you launch on a speaking campaign, people's Facebook groups and podcast guesting and all of those kinds of things. All this to say, anyone telling you, hey, you should go build a program. Let's design a course. It's easy. Run, friends, just just Run. Yes, it can be simple launching a course or an info product. It can be, but that doesn't make it easy. And yes, you need to make money and a launch can be a quick injection of cash into your business and that is fantastic when it works well. But you need a plan. Reason number one, you need a visibility and content plan long before you launch. Reason number two, you need to have a good message out there. You need to meet your audience where they're at. And then reason number three, you need to get all the eyeballs on the offer so you can actually sell it. All of that needs to be planned out and thought of well in advance of your launch so you can have a successful launch, so you don't have an offer failure. All right, I know I just threw a ton at you guys, so I want to leave you with this. If you listened to this episode and you are immediately thinking of people, colleagues, friends, people in your masterminds, in your accountability groups, and you're like, oh, they just went through an offer fail and they are not feeling good about it right now. They need to hear this. Go ahead and send them the link to this episode. It's britneygardner.com forward slash 130 and give them the information that they need moving forward so that they can have a better launch, a better offer success rate in the future. Information like this is what we need to actually raise that tide and raise all of the ships in the process. When we all become better marketers and we all put out better content, everyone gets better. And the quality out there also gets better so that we all have an equal playing field. And by that, I mean, you decide you want to go and learn a skill on something tomorrow. And that means you have the ability to do so online. That in the next two weeks, you could find a program and buy into that program and learn that skill because you know that the program you're buying, the course, the info product, whatever it is, you know that it is going to live up to its hype and it's going to be really good quality. When we all know how to market our programs effectively and actually deliver on the promise of the result, this is what we can do to help that happen. So go ahead, forward this message to someone that you were thinking of as you listened to this episode. And while you're at it, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this show on. Reviews not only tell me which content you really appreciate, they help others find the same great content and it lends to that rising tide as well. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.